0: Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in today's solo episode, I'll be sharing why ADHDers struggle with organizing and organizing tips for ADHDers to use in their everyday lives. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organisational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritise your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organisational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritise your health. Thanks for joining me for today's solo episode. All about organizing tips for ADHDers. So it's very specific, but these could be used with anyone who struggles with executive functioning. Why ADHDers struggle with organization is generally they have difficulty with short term memory. When things are maybe out of sight, it's out of mind as well. Their working memory can't retain a lot of steps then they find it really hard to know all the steps to then to be able to finish the task and then it'll become maybe overwhelming. The working memory is the part that holds on to several pieces of information and then also filters out what you need and there'll be multiple steps like planning, organising, ordering those steps, thinking about it that your brain needs to do when it's using its working memory. So for example, making lunch boxes for a child, it may take an adhd -er several years, maybe like grade six, year seven either, before they can actually do that particular job because there's so many steps. Like if you think about how many steps they're doing, I think I've counted it, it's almost between sort of 15 and 20 steps that they've got to do to be able to do that task. So sometimes we have these high expectations Of kids oh they should be able to do that by say grade one but if there's so many steps and they're really struggling with executive functioning they're going to find that task really difficult another one is difficulty with decision making so ADHD's brains struggle with filtering everything they need and don't need so imagine it's like a restaurant and the maitre d at the front is your brain and they're trying to prioritize what needs to be done and the maitre d can actually then go and share what needs to be done with everyone so they're not doing all the jobs in an ADHD brain they're going to be trying to do all of the jobs they're not allocating it to other people like the chef you do this part the waitress you need to do this part and I'm going to just greet the people and take them to their seats whereas in an ADHD brain, the maitre d' would be doing all of those tasks at one time. And no wonder they're then feeling overwhelmed because there's so much to do. So they might struggle with prioritizing things. So like, for example, they might be uh, putting a book away and then realize, oh, the books are all messed up. Oh, I'll start color coding it when really they were already out cooking dinner And then they'll get distracted. Then they might go in to get the washing and put it on the line. And when they get outside, they see that they hadn't finished potting a plant and start doing that. So they struggle with prioritising what should I be doing Instead of what's there, that shiny object that's in front of them. It's also like a to do list. An ADHD would have a to do list, say a post it on their computer with maybe four things to do. But then they would also have a notebook at the bottom of their bag with maybe 10 things to do. And then on their phone, they might have another four things on a note. And then they come to their kitchen and they've got a list on the fridge and it's like 45 things running around in their head as well. So no wonder they feel overwhelmed because there's so much to do and they're not sure how to prioritise that. And a couple of little strategies that I see from family members of mine when there's difficulty with all those decision making is by selecting the same thing on a menu. So, for example, just selecting hot chips or a hot chocolate or a particular style of muffin, a berry muffin, because generally that is safe and there's less decision making to be made also visiting the same cafes or restaurants, which also eliminates the chance of things tasting different. You know what to expect, you know what's going to be coming, and you then are able to make less decisions in this visit. Another thing that ADHDs struggle with when it comes to organisation is difficulty with task initiation. So they think it's going to take longer than it actually does so they have a trouble with uh, time and time blindness and I find this myself I'll think that something will take me 10 minutes but actually it's probably going to take me an hour to two hours they also may have a fear of failure so therefore it's like well why should I start if I'm not even going to be able to do the task to the ability that I think it needs to be done they also have lower levels of dopamine If you don't have enough dopamine to initiate those boring tasks, they're going to be left. They're not going to be prioritized. One of the other theories I really like is around spoon theory. So it's like you have a limited amount of spoons each day and certain activities will use up your spoons. Like there might be low dopamine tasks like dishes and washing. So you're not going to get a huge dopamine burst from doing those tasks and you, can't, you can get spoons back though. So if you used up so many spoons, say two spoons to wash your hair because that's quite a sensory overwhelming task, you could get some spoons back by maybe having a cup of tea and connecting with someone or maybe it might be you having a rest in the afternoon. Whatever it is that's going to be, maybe it's going for a walk out in nature with bare feet even, that might give you then some spoons back and spoons are like mental energy. If you use them all up on that day, by the end of the day you might have no spoons left to actually cook dinner or get your kids into bed and all those other things that may need more spoons. So becoming aware of the spoon theory means that you can allocate and think about your day and start to prioritize. Okay, I've got to go to this particular meeting which I know is going to use up maybe 3 of my spoons and I've already depleted maybe from the day before, I I already used up one extra spoon the day before so therefore the afternoon I need to have a clear schedule. So once you sort of understand the spoon theory you can then start to use it and start to prioritize the energy that you have and how much energy is going to be needed for specific tasks. The way I want to share the organizational tips is in three categories. One Is simplifying tasks, so removing boundaries. Number two is getting help, like as in body doubling. And number three is adding energy, which is a lot around that spoon theory, like such things as gamification. So within our number one simplifying tasks, I've got a few subheadings all around the home. So I'm going to share those ideas and then just really quickly touch on number two getting help and number three adding energy because I've actually done previous episodes podcast episodes that I'll link to in regards to those two so when we're simplifying tasks we're removing boundaries it's looking at what's going to help me do the next thing how can I be kinder to my future self is one of the best statements that I've heard that I use all the time in my life so looking at intentional doubles so, having intentional doubles means things like I have extra cords, like charging cords. We have them in all the different rooms around our house. So, I'm not rushing around looking for actual cords and charges. They're there, they're deliberately placed in each room. Another one is bins. So, we have bins in each room within our house. And I know they're not the most beautiful things, but they stop then rubbish just being deliberately thrown on the ground. There's actually a bin there so you can place the rubbish. It stops that having to go out to the kitchen, which then might not happen until later. And then it's just literally left on the ground and forgotten about. So having bins in each room has definitely helped in my house. It helps in lots of my clients' homes as well. Tissues, having several tissue boxes spread around the home. When you're going to look for them, you know that they're in each room having a quick unpick i know it's such a small thing and probably don't even think about but how many times do you have to unpick something off or takes a tag off well we do we are always taking tags off clothes so having one of those in my easy to access drawer in our kitchen area makes such a big difference it's not going into the sewing cabinet to get that out and then go through, find the quick unpick. It's in a really quick and easy spot. So, we actually have two. One is in sewing, but one's there in the easy to access drawer. Scissors. We have scissors in multiple places around our home to make things easier as well. Washing baskets. So, placing washing baskets in my kids' rooms as well as in the laundry and I know for other clients I've worked with, they've even placed it in their lounge room where kids throw off their socks and leave jumpers lying around and clothes and that way there's a spot for them to go straight away. Sunnies and hats, having multiples of those, I only have the one pair of sunnies, it makes me more accountable for them, they're really expensive because they're multifocals and I make sure that I always have them before I go anywhere And whereas when I've had sunnies in the past and I've had multiple, I then don't value them as much. So I definitely look after that better by having just the one pair. Lip balms, I have some like one in my car, one in my handbag, uh, one in my bedroom and one in the kitchen area. So I'm always looking for a lip balm, but now I have them close by and they're easy just to access. Hair ties is another one. We have some in my car, some beside my bed, some in the bathroom. And I know for clients that have little kids that they're always looking for hair ties, that has worked really well by having intentional doubles of those. Clothes is another one. I have intentional doubles of certain clothes that I just love, like long sleeves. I have the same long sleeve, but I have it in several colors. So I'm not then just relying on that one top all the time it's generally around feel I like the feel of it so therefore I'll be intentional and buy several of that same with leggings and if I didn't particularly like say the length of that leggings I'm going to buy the same pair and have two of them so that I'm not just looking for that one pair and relying on one pair all the time I've actually got three pairs of the same so I'm not relying on the washing to be done every day to be able to get those leggings back same with jeans as well I'm going to move around the house so and thinking of different things within our house so the next one is cleaning up and we have lost property baskets for each member of the house and I've done this with the clients as well the end of each day you go around and pick up all the things that are lying around on the floor or on benches and place them in that person's lost property basket and when they come, and this worked really well when they were younger, come and say, mum, where's my shoes? Where's my school jumper? It's go and look in your lost property basket. And these lived in our laundry for her, or do live in our laundry. Other clients I know have had them in hallways and we've just set up a cube unit and each one of those was allocated to the person and they could go and find their lost property in that basket. It also means that when they're a little bit older, you can take the lost property to their room and just drop it there and they can put it all away. Other ways are when they were younger, I would bring it down and help them actually put it all away. But now they're older, they can do that themselves. Another one the round cleaning up is the three Ps, creating piles, so collecting all the items, which is based on even the lost property basket, then pairing it so categorizing like with like items and then the third P is place it so place it back in its home and if you're not sure and you don't have a home for something in particular what was the first place that came to mind because that's where you're going to go and create the home when I ask people where would you like say the batteries to live and they might say the laundry that's where I'm going to create the home. I'm not going to come up and tell them where to do it because we want it to come to their brain first so that when they do go to look for it, they're actually going to go to that first place that comes to mind, their natural instinct. Okay, the next place in the home is our kitchen. So I'm going to share two ideas in your kitchen for helping to organize. So when I want to make something, I put all the ingredients out on the bench in the morning or if it's the night before, I'll put all the ingredients out. This is helping to reduce the steps, which also helps me with my motivation. So when I'm then going to find the time, it might be later in the afternoon and I want to make dinner, it's already that one less step. I don't have to think about the ingredients because I've done that part because I've got them there laid out. Now I just have to focus on following the steps in the recipe to actually create the menu item. So that has made a really big difference to my life. I think I just naturally started doing it and now I know that that helps and I'm more intentional about it. So if I think the night before I want to make a banana cake, for example, I will get all the ingredients out and just have them sitting on the bench ready. I've also put a tray there so they can sit on the tray and then I know, oh, those are the things because also sometimes I'll forget that that's what I was going to do but whereas it's a visual reminder there for me the next day when I see it. The other number two in the kitchen area is closing duties. And this is all about your future self. I will make sure that our bins are emptied before we go to bed. The space is clean for breakfast and to be able to make lunches for my kids and myself. And the dishes are cleaned For the morning. So, for us, we'll fill the dishwasher the night before and put it on. Even if it's not even completely full, we will still turn it on so we know we have all the dishes clean. And I know when life was chaotic with really small children, as long as I had enough bench space for me to make lunches in the morning, that is what needed to be done. It doesn't mean everything has to be put away. It doesn't mean all the dishes need to be done. As long as there's going to be enough dishes for us to have breakfast in the morning and whatever we're going to need to make lunches, that's the most important thing that needs to be done. The other thing about putting the dishwasher on the night before, it also means that I don't need to tell my children to unpack the dishwasher it's now become an automatic thing for them that they know in the morning the dishwasher's been done overnight and they need to do their shelf each that they unpack. When we used to put it on at all different times throughout the day, they would never remember to actually unpack it and it was also me having to remind them. This way there's no need to remind them, it's an automatic thing that happens. The next one is the laundry. And we're always talking about laundry and how overwhelming laundry can be. My first tip is looking at your washing basket and having one basket per person that I really like that they can stack on top of each other or I have used with clients a cube unit and we didn't put the cube shelves in and we just put the horizontal shelf in. We didn't put the vertical in between so that the washing baskets could sit it means that you don't necessarily need to fold the washing as long as you can sort it into each person's basket and leave it there. And when you've got time, you can either put it away or fold it, whatever it is system you use with your family. It also means if the kids need something for school the next day, they're not going through a whole pile of washing and just leaving it lying around. They're just going through their own basket and they're finding the items that they need. And the other tip around washing is having two different style baskets, one for dirty and one for clean washing. When I go to clients' homes that have ADHD, they really struggle if all the baskets are the same and I say what's clean and what's not. Basically, they've got to do the sniff test. To avoid that, by having the two completely different styles of baskets, it makes it so much easier to recognise that that's all dirty and this is clean over here, or this is wet. It needs to be hung out. So number two was getting help. And I just mentioned body doubling. I have got an episode on body doubling, a whole episode. It's 96. So you can go and listen to that and get some more tips. But I just wanted to share a little bit about it. So body doubling is a practice where someone else is in your space while you work. You don't need to be working on the same thing but just having their presence creates a productivity atmosphere that encourages focus. So the benefits of body doubling is like it reduces procrastination by just having someone in the room can make it easier to stay focused, stay on track. It's also like a soundboard. You can ask questions and get motivation from that person. It helps you to stay focused. The presence of someone else can help you anchor your attention and reduce distractions. The next one is it provides accountability. So knowing someone else is there can motivate you to stay productive, but provides physical help and can also help with the decision making. Like I said, a little bit of a soundboard. When we think that we're saying we're lazy and we're not efficient, we need to look at that because that's a real value judgment. And really look at, it's not that you're lazy, it's am I being efficient? How can I increase my efficiency? So by body doubling, you can definitely increase your efficiency. I use body doubling by going to the gym and going to yoga. Having that accountability of people and going for walks as well helps me to stay focused I have clients that when I'm in their home, that body doubling by me just being there, they're really motivated and they start moving through the organisational tasks. Body doubling could be even virtually. I do run virtual sessions online, so you can always jump on and join one of those and you're working on your tasks and I'm online there to answer any questions. And the final one is number three is add energy. So how can we add energy to help with that task initiation? Remember I mentioned that it's low dopamine, there's dopamine issues with ADHD brains. So gamification is a way of adding game elements to a task or a group of tasks to make them more fun. And when they're more fun, you're more likely to want to do them. It could be like points to measure the outcome. Badges could be earned, maybe prizes, leaderboards, keeping track of people's scores and for me, that's the keeping track. So my kids will time me when I have to go in and get the fruit and veggies. If they come with me, they won't necessarily come in with me. And they've got it on my phone and they keep score of how many minutes it takes. It motivates me, but it also motivates them because they like then coming with me because of the game element you know, listening to podcasts or listening to an audio book or music can be another way of adding a energy and gamifying. Another thing could be just having a to-do list and ticking off the items gives you a hit of dopamine, which then motivates you to keep going and chase that reward. And if you'd like some more tips around gamification, I have done a whole episode on it and it's episode 79. So you can go back and listen to that and get A huge amount of gamification ideas. I'm going to share some questions that you can ponder and maybe help you in your quest for organization. So looking at a problem area and asking yourself, what is the problem and why? Like for example, it may be your kitchen bench. Why is there a lot of clutter piling up on my kitchen bench? Is it because the things don't have a home? Or is it my, say, Tupperware cupboard is too full and so the containers don't have anywhere to live, so they're just living on top of the bench. I need to declutter the Tupperware cupboard so that I can then place the items in there. So just looking at it and asking yourself, what is the problem and why? And then thinking about how do you best work? What is it that you need to help you do your best work? Is it at different times of the day? Is it around a body doubling situation? But looking at your own self and how you best work. And then finally, how do you create time when energy and motivation flows? For myself, when all of a sudden I feel, oh, I really want to do some podcasts, how do I then create that time because I have that energy and that motivation. And what can you do to move things around? Are you able to be more flexible and change things around to be able to do those things that come into your life and you have that energy and the flow to do? I hope by sharing these ADHD tips, you can start to simplify your life and be kinder to your future self. If you'd like to join me, I'm running a masterclass. For more tips. So jump onto the link below and book if you'd like some more tips around ADHD organisation. Thanks for joining me for Simply Happy Conversations. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy conversation. If you find yourself wasting precious time searching for misplaced items and wishing for a more organized life, then you need my five minute declutter ebook, the ultimate guide to quick and easy organizing solutions for a clutter free and happy home. Forget about spending months commiring your house, these fun solutions are designed to give you immediate results in under five minutes. Head over to Simply Happy in the resource section and download your free copy and start seeing results in minutes. I'd like to acknowledge the Wathurum people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.